0: So before we get into the word tonight, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this evening service. And Lord, I especially tonight pray for boldness. I thank you, Lord, that I'll open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. I thank you, Lord, your Holy Spirit leads and guides this teaching tonight and that it falls on ears that are anointed to hear minds that are open and hearts that are receptive to your word. Father, I thank you Your word says we'll know the truth and the truth will make us free. And so I thank you for freedom and liberty in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, I haven't taught on this subject in a, I I really don't know the last time. I used to teach on this a lot, but um, just recently it's been coming back up in my heart. And um, it's about the family. It's about uh Uh, Women and men and husbands and wives and children. And so we're just going to jump right into this uh, in Titus chapter 2. And we'll just see how the Lord leads us in this teaching. Titus chapter 2, and we'll start reading with verse 1. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and in patience. And the aged women likewise, that they be uh, in behavior as becomes holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, uh, that the word of God be not blasphemy. Now I'm going to jump over here and just read a little bit from the Amplified uh, because I think it explains some of these words that we might not use on a daily basis. So uh, let's look over in the Amplified verse 2. This is Titus 2.2. It says, Urge the older men to be temperate, uh, venerable, serious, sensible, self-controlled, and sound in faith in the love and in the steadfastness and patience of Christ. Bid the older women, similarly, to be reverent and devout in their deportment as becomes those engaged in sacred service, not slanderers or slaves to drink. They are to give good counsel and be teachers of what is right and noble so that they will wisely train the young women to be sane. Don't you love that? (laughs) Now, if we're not finding young women that are sane nowadays, it might be our fault for not teaching, right? Sane, sober of mind, temperate, disciplined, and to love their husbands and their children, to be self-controlled, chaste, homemakers, good-natured, kind-hearted, adapting and subordinating themselves to their husbands, that the word of God be not exposed to reproach, blasphemed, or discredited. So, uh, we see just, just a lot packed into these few verses here, but something that stood out to me recently is, uh, that it says the older women or the women of age should teach the younger women. And I thought, well, I guess I, I really qualify <laughs> for that right there, turning 60 this year. Uh, I guess I am of the aged now and the older and, uh, there is uh, a really a commandment here to teach younger women. Yeah. Amen. And, uh, uh, you know, you think about the word of God and how powerful the word is. We just prayed that you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And so really without the Bible, there is no freedom. Right. Where the spirit of God is, the Bible says, is there's liberty so without the spirit of god there will be no liberty and we have a responsibility to teach the word the bible says in season or out of season and um, i don't think that's uh you know means that uh you know just be ready any time even though we do need to be ready any time i think it means you know when it's popular and when it's not popular because, you know, if you wear some clothes that are not in season, it might not be the right time to wear, them. you know, so it might not be popular at that time. But um, the word says we're to preach it, we're to preach this when it's popular and when it's not popular. When CNN or Fox News says this is the way it is and the Bible says no, <laughs> it's a little different than that. We're to go with the word. Amen. Yes. We're to preach the word and um of course that takes boldness and that takes courage because it's going against the flow many times of what the world is demanding and nowadays we see more and more demands from the world um and i believe now it's toward the church amen, amen. it's toward the church but we have to be those who are uh, like our dear brothers and sisters in the book of acts that said We ought to please God rather than man. Amen. And we will preach the word no matter what. Hallelujah. So we don't know what that means for our future, but I'm going to stick with the word. (laughs) Amen. And, you know, if they throw us in jail, like Paul and Silas, I believe the angels will come and break us out. Amen. And I used to think, well, that would never happen in the United States of America. But, <laughs> you know, I think it's uh, it's it's pointing that direction anyway. Right. But we're going to preach the word. Amen. And it, it really is important to stand for what is right and truth in the word, no matter what is popular. Amen. Now, some of these scriptures here uh, could be very unpopular with women. With girls, with young women. And, uh, so, uh, but I do know, and Pastor Dave and I were talking about this the other day, that we know several young women, you know, not really young, twenties, thirties, maybe more, more in their thirties, who are not married and want to be married and don't understand why they're not married. <laughs> and so I, uh, just praying for them and going back over these scriptures, realize that, uh, I have a responsibility to teach younger women, uh, and let them and let God examine them. You know, let them examine, the Bible says examine yourself. <laughs> and, and you examine yourself in light of what God's saying, in light of His Word. Um, and, and not, again, not what's popular in culture because Culture won't always get you through, but I tell you, the spirit of God will always get you through. Amen. And you will get the desires of your heart. If you desire to be married, praise God, um, this these these are the ways of God. And let me just say this, uh, because, again, in our in our culture, you hear things like, well, I just don't think it's important to get married, you know, and. And uh, it's a big, just things living together, you know, and, and why, why would you want to get married and, you know, chance getting a divorce and all these other things, you know, they use lots of excuses, but uh, marriage is not man's idea. See, we have to go back to the root of where, what God established and marriage is God's idea. In fact, there's only really two institutions that God ordained and that is the, the church and marriage <laughs> and he compares the two because they're uh they're alike and we'll read that in a minute in a minute in Ephesians chapter 5 how he compares the two and and really they marry each other and that's why satan hates marriage because when he looks at a marriage he's really looking at Christ and the church <laughs> and he can't stand that you know that redemption for mankind so uh the marriage reminds him uh, of his defeat, and he wars against marriage, he hates marriage, but you know, marriage is a blessing, an anointing from God. Um, when you come together, it's not just a ceremony and a wedding and a reception, there there are some spiritual things that take place there, and um, it's called holy matrimony, and so in that marriage, it's not just a man and a woman, but it's God a man and a woman, and that's what makes it powerful, <laughs> amen, and you know, even if you look at it from a secular viewpoint, because I'm a therapist, I went to school and uh, got my bachelor's and my master's degree in uh, counseling and uh, social work, and so if you look at some of the research done between single people and married people, data shows that marriage is much healthier for people, that people that are married, they, they have more nutrition, they, they exercise, they, uh, live longer because they care for one another. Financially, they're better off. Um, emotionally, they're better off. And so, uh, it's interesting to look at the statistics. Well, God knew that. He said two's better than one. Yes. Amen. And, um, so I think the, uh, the excuses of not getting married just don't measure up to what God has ordained and planned for a man and a woman. And marriage is between a man and a woman. Now, I know that's not popular either, but it's the Word of God. Amen? And if we're not going to preach the Word, then what are we doing? Because it is much, as much the Word of God as John 3.16 is the Word of God. And these scriptures here are as much the Word of God as John 3.16. So we're not going to uh, tear out this page, amen, or tear out any of the other pages. We're going to leave it all intact and just know that this Word will set you free. Amen. If you believe it and you receive it, it will absolutely set you free, amen. So we see marriage between a man and a woman. It was in the very beginning between Adam and Eve. And then All the way through the word, you see marriage being between a man and a woman. And God breathed. God ordained. And I believe that as you become a husband and wife, then the blessing is intensified in your life. Hallelujah. And and that's something that you want to have on your life. Amen. Blessing means an empowerment, a grace there. And there's grace when you're married. There's grace. Grace. See, it's not so much as being bad or being good. You know, I think in church world we say, well, you're just bad or you're, you're so good or it's not between bad and good. Really, God's word is, I think, unhealthy and healthy. <laughs> you know, it's just, He's not trying to condemn us or beat us over the head if we're not lining up with His word. He's just trying to say to us, I got a better way for you. I've got a better way that the blessing will come on you in a fuller manifestation if you'll just follow my way, if you'll just do it my way and not come up with your own ideas and your own ways and what you think is right or what you think might you know, be the way to go. Because I'm telling you, we can think we know more than God, but we don't. (laughs) It is very haughty and prideful to think that we have a better idea than God does. Now, um, some of this, I'm just going to lay it out like I see it. And, you know, I'm not I don't know, know everything or and haven't uh, experienced everything in the world. But I do know some things and I have experienced some things. And so, you know, I'll teach from that tonight and from what I, I believe the Holy Spirit's taught me. Are you ready? ready. You buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> OK, here we go. I think that in this scripture, in verse 4, it says that they may teach the young women. All right? So it is our responsibility to teach the young women. Now, notice what we need to teach them. We need to teach them to be sober. That means temperate or disciplined, you know, sober-minded, to love their husbands and to love their children. Now, you would think that a woman would already know that, that oh, even a young woman. Oh, I know how to love my husband. You don't have to tell me that. Or I know how to love my children. But see, this kind of love, God's love, looks a little different than mother's love or even the love of a woman toward a man. God's love is very, very deep and... uh in, and goes a lot further, you know the Bible says that we have to even pray that we would understand and comprehend the love of God because of the depth, the breadth, the length, and the height It's just so immense that that it's hard for us to to understand all of it, but through prayer and spending time in the word, we get to know His love, and we get to understand how you can forgive. Uh, things that we never in a million years thought we could forgive. Okay. Or, listen to this, to love their children. Well, the Bible says he who does not use the rod of correction hates his child. Hates his child. Now that's in Proverbs. And, uh, so one way to love your child, I know this is all up against everything, <laughs> you know, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Are we gonna go with the Bible or not, you know? Yes. I have a a book that I wrote, God Loves Women, and one of the parts of it is about using the rod of correction and how to use it correctly and not to punish your child but to bring adjustments and correction so that it will be well with them and they'll live long on the earth. And so uh, we were getting it in another language, and the person that was helping us said, "Well, we don't—we just don't believe in the spanking, so we're going to have to take that part out." You know, and I thought, "Well, that's up to them." You know, I mean, it's in the Word. If you don't want it, I guess you can exit out. But good luck with that, right? Because um and you know, it's not illegal to spank your child in the state of Florida. It's not illegal. Now, they'll—you know—people spread that rumor but it's not and I don't believe in abuse at all I do not believe in abuse but I believe that sometimes if you do not discipline your child you can get crazy with anger and then the abuse comes whether it's verbal abuse I've seen mothers pinch their children. I've seen mothers pull their children's hair. I've seen them do all kind of crazy things. And I'm just thinking to myself, if we just do what God said to you, when they first disobey you, take them, explain to them that you're going to spank them. There's a backside that the Bible talks about, padded backside, where you spank them. You don't hit them in the face or anywhere else, you know, and, and so if you do what God says and do it the right way, you'll see the right results. We we uh, heard an interesting interview the other day with Martha Stewart and uh, this gentleman that was interviewing her and just amazing all, all the things that she's accomplished and done. And uh, so he was asking her about her childhood and she said, well, you know, I got spanked. <laughs> and he goes, really? And then he said, I did, too. And I thought, well, there you go. Two very successful people yeah. on national television, maybe internationally, you know, nowadays. It's all, it all goes all over the world. Yeah. And, uh, here they both got spanked. Yeah. Wow. Think about it, right? right? And so, and, and they weren't complaining about it. <laughs> they were saying that it helped them, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, God knows. He knows what's, what's needed. And, uh, yeah it 's not just in one or two verses I mean it 's continually in the book of Proverbs, If you spare the rod, you hate your son. Um, if you withhold correction, you 're not doing right toward your children. Uh, if you spank them, you will deliver their soul from hell wow. yeah. now i don 't think that 's just hell, which we know is real, but I think it 's probably hell on earth. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and so if you love them, and see, we're supposed to teach this. If you love your children, then this is one of the things that you incorporate in uh, in their lives is proper discipline. Yes. Amen. Not abuse. And if you're given to temper tantrums and, and, and all that, you don't even need to pick up the rod of correction. You need to let the other spouse do it. True. But um, somebody needs... To do something. Have you eaten at a restaurant lately? (laughs) And and when they're climbing all over everything and, you know, it's just unbelievable how, um, the Bible has been thrown out of so much that, and it speaks to our everyday lives. Amen. It's not, this is not a Sunday morning book. This is an everyday book, right? It teaches us how to live and how to live successfully, how to live victoriously, um, So then also then you see how to love your husband. Um, And so we're to teach the younger women how to love their husband. Now sometimes I think that, you know, women think men are like them. And men are very different than women. And uh, Ephesians, if you'll turn with me there, Ephesians kind of gives us a clue about how to love your husband. So let's read through this. Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So uh, we read the next verse, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. And women uh, just, not m- m- want to say most women, some women just can't hardly stand that scripture. <laughs> they don't even want to read it, they don't want to hear it. But the one above that says we are submit all the time to each other. So it's nothing like what? I mean, the submission really is a way of a Christian's life. And when it says submit to your husband, it doesn't mean that you don't have a brain and you can't think and, you know, and you're not in charge of anything, et cetera, et cetera. Submit really is uh, the word under, under the mission of, you know, submission means under like a submarine would be under the water. Um, submission means under the mission of and as a family unit, you know you have to come together with a vision with with a plan with a strategy and um, the the Bible says the head the husband is the head of the wife, so that means that there's headship there, and then you know we 've heard through the years whatever has two heads is a freak, right <laughs> so there 's a head. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, again, that the woman is weaker or the woman doesn't know anything. Or there, This is strictly positions that God uses in a family and in a church yep. to bless the family unit, yes. not to take anything away. And I believe if wives would actually see the power of this scripture, um, they would have no problem at all. With uh, understanding that this mission that you have together on this earth is headed up by the husband, Amen. Um, There is an anointing upon him when he said, "I do" to you in that marriage vow. There is an anoint. There's a responsibility, but along with the responsibility comes the anointing to do it, the grace to do it. And so there's a grace upon him to look after that family, to protect that family, to provide for that family. Amen. It ultimately is his responsibility. But because it is, there's a grace to do it. But wives who are constantly contending with that. Uh, and constantly um, yeah. battling against that, the Bible calls it a, a brawling, <laughs> a brawling woman in Proverbs. Since you love that word, yeah. you're a brawler. You know, you're constantly fighting against that. Uh, then you're not going to experience that grace at its fullness uh, by letting the Lord use Him to provide for your family, to protect your family. Amen. Because there's going to be a supernatural vision with him being able to see things and do things that he wouldn't even be able to do on his own (laughs) hallelujah see this is a supernatural union amen it's divine and uh that's another reason we should enter into it you know as a man and a woman praise god do you see these things all right, so let's go Let's go a little further. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, not to every man in the whole world, but to your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and is the savior of the body. So in this sense, your husband is that savior there for your family there's going to be things that he knows and that he sees and that he does that will help uh that will um, uh gird up the family that will um, uh, protect the the uh the children the the finances the you know there's the supernatural things that god will show him to direct him that will be a blessing to you not a curse God is, He's only in the blessing business. Amen? And so anything He says to you is not to take something away from you. It's not to extract things from your life. It's to add things. It's to multiply things. You know, God is always in the adding and the multiplying. The devil's in the subtracting and the division. That's the mathematics there of who's who. And so know that that anything anything God ever tells you to do, it is to advance you, it is to protect you, to help you, and to add and multiply in your life, not to subtract or divide. So here he says, "Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it." So it's His responsibility to give Himself for His wife, yeah. to, even to the really to the death of his own wishes and wants and right. desires. Because Jesus died. He gave himself for us. Amen. And that's the same way the Lord is asking husbands to give up their life. And really they do give it up. <laughs> I'm so shocked that men get married because you know they they enter into a whole nother world of, oh, not just me now. I've got a wife and then I have family. And I have moved to the end of the line. Amen. I am the last in line now. My wife and my children come before me. And, uh, really that's what Christ is saying here to them. So you can see with, with a husband who is leading as a servant, how that would be a beautiful thing, right? Amen. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man yet ever hated his own flesh, but nourish and cherisheth it even as the Lord the church. Do you know God nourishes you and cherishes you? And that's the way the husbands are, to be toward the wives. I love what uh, David said, Brother Hagan told him years ago. He said, your wife should be the, the object of all your affections. Yeah. You should pour out all your right. affections on your wife. Right. Amen. That's now that's good advice, isn't it? Yeah. Because what is a woman going to do with that? Ugh. We will do anything for him. Amen. We could get that kind of love and attention and affection. We would do anything for him. And so remember that husbands. And then it says in verse 30, for we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and the two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So when we're teaching the younger women how to love the husband, it's not just saying, oh, husband, you're so cute, or leaving them a little love note or uh, fixing their favorite dessert. Those are wonderful things, yes, but here you love him through reverence, respect, yes. reverencing him, respecting him, deferring to him. The Amplified says, uh, uh, honor, prefer, esteem him. Now, I have... I have and um you know, sixty years you learn you see a lot, especially if you're in church for most of those years and pastoring and counseling, you see a lot and you hear a lot and you think, Oh my gosh, because I've heard wives say, You just don't make enough money and I'm not I'm talking about in a group of people embarrassing their husbands. And, and, and bringing such shame because, you know, that's very important to a husband and to a man. And then just ridiculing him and wonder why that husband is just struggling with her. Uh, that's not respect. That's not honor. That's not esteeming uh, him or deferring to him. Uh, that's really not showing the love of God at all. And it's not admiring him. All those things and all those are listed in the Amplified here. So that's how we are to love our husbands. Amen? Yes. Respect, honor, admire, praise, esteem, regard. Uh, one, of, one of the things here says she notices him. She notices him. Yeah. Amen. So keep that in mind. As you're wanting your husband to feel loved because that's how they're going to feel loved. Sometimes we think we're loving somebody, but they're not feeling it. <laughs> they're not feeling it the way we're doing it. But this, you'll see that your husband uh is feeling it and knowing that it's true. Praise God. All right, let's turn to one other scripture here. We could teach all night on this, but we're going to close with this last scripture tonight. And maybe we'll pick up some more of this. Are you getting blessed? Amen. Thank Am I digging a hole of things that I don't know if I can get out of? <laughs> I don't care. I know it's the truth. Amen. Ephesians, uh, first Peter, sorry, first Peter chapter three. Um, and we'll start with verse one. Likewise, you wives be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, that they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Now, that doesn't mean how much you talk to them (laughs) or preach to them or tell them how they should be more spiritual or whatever we resort to. Uh, It means actually the lifestyle, the behavior of the wife. Um, So that goes a little deeper, doesn't it? It It's not what we're saying, it's how we're acting that that will win over our husband's. Um, verse 2, while the, they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be with the outward adorning of the plaiting of hair, wearing of, a pair of gold or putting on of apparel, but it let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Now when I think about God saying, Something is of great price to Him. That's that's a statement, isn't it? Because God walks on gold. You know, streets of gold. I mean, He's got everything. Mansions. The Bible says, Jesus said, I'll go to prepare a place for you. For in my Father's house, there are many trailer parks. No. Mansions, right? So we know heaven is huge and great and probably more wondrous than we can ever even imagine. Um, So when he says something is of great price to him, it makes my ears perk up. (laughs) And he said, women with a meek and quiet spirit. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be quiet as a mouse and not say anything. It means your heart, your spirit man. Uh Your spirit man is meek, teachable. You want to learn. You want to grow. Amen. And then quiet to me says peaceful peaceful hallelujah you're not shaken up by everything and anything you know we could be frightened out of our mind every day of the week we could find something to be scared about right I mean if you're not just turn on the news and they'll give you something to be scared about right they'll say don't go to the grocery store because there's a shooter there or don't go you know I mean on and on and on we could always be shaken by the world's words But with God's word, see, there's peace. So we have to remember to fill up with him. Fill up with God's words. And in God's eyes, this is of great price. He said, in my sight, this is of a great price. If he's putting that much uh, on uh, a quiet and meek spirit, I think I ought to put that that much demand on myself to, to uh, you know, to aspire to that. Amen? Uh, now, we're not all, all, you know, we're human. We're going to have days and have times. But I'm telling you, if we really um, trust God and take Him at His word, and when we do get shaken or panicked, uh, use that scripture, we cast it over on the Lord. We cast all our care, anxiety over on the Lord For he cares affectionately for us. So we can walk in this kind of meekness and quietness, uh, which is in in the sight of God a great price. Now look at verse 5. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also, who trusted God. Now that's the whole thing right there. Underline that in your Bible. Trust God, right? through, Through it all, trust God and tell him. God, I'm trusting you in this. I am trusting you in this marriage. I'm trusting you with these children, with these grandchildren, we know with these neighbors or whoever. Um, who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Ooh. Wow. Think about that in twenty twenty one, right? Calling him Lord. Now, no, notice that the Lord is the little L. It's not Jesus' Lord. (laughs) He's the big L, right? But there is an honor and a reverence and a respect that we ought to show, not just in front of people, really, when you're alone with your husband. Amen? Whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, you husbands. Now, listen to this, because this will bless women here. Dwell with them according to knowledge. They've got to know some things about women. (laughs) Sometimes we seem a little more complex than men. I think men are a little more simple. But God knows us. And if a husband doesn't understand a wife, he should really go to the Lord and say, tell me, tell me what's going. tell me about her amen I know David has gone to the Lord before and said what about this with Scarlett (laughs) and God told you what to do didn't he and it was wonderful I don't even know if I could have told him in that instance but God told him and it was a beautiful answer to a a A a problem. It was a solution. Amen? And so it says, dwell according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. It doesn't say they're a weaker person. It just says a weaker vessel. And as being heirs together of the grace of life. Now that was, I was talking about holy matrimony. You are heirs together of the grace of life. That your prayers be not hindered. Now look at that. He's telling husbands they need to do this and be honorable to the wife so that God will answer their prayer. Now, you know, that's pretty strong. Here's God saying, uh, I'm not going to really talk to you until you get it right with your wife. Wow. That tells me that God loves me. Amen. If it, he is such a father figure and he his daughters mean a lot to him. And so if he's going to say, uh, I'm not going to really uh, answer anything or talk to you because prayer is just conversation until you first go get it right with your wife. <sighs> what an amazing thing that your prayers be not hindered. And so maybe that's good for uh, some men tonight that you thought, well, God just hadn't heard my prayer, hadn't answered my prayer. Maybe that's a good checkup, right? Just to see how it's going with you and your wife. Amen. Amen. And then finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one for another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrary, rise, Bless. Blessing. That means if somebody does some evil, you bless them. That means if somebody rails against you, you bless them. Knowing that you are thereunto called that you should inherit a blessing. Amen. For he that will love life, that's me. Do you love life? Yes. And see good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him askew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. The Bible says in an Amplified, let him search for peace, harmony, undisturbedness from fears, agitating passions or moral conflicts and seek it eagerly. Do not merely des- desire peaceful relations with God, with your fellow men and with yourself, but pursue and go after it. Go after it. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. All right, well, we can, like I said, pick up here next time. I've got a hold to other notes, but we've done enough tonight. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't damage. Hopefully it was blessing. Amen. Encouragement. And uh, God's ways are higher than our ways. And they're certainly better than our ways. So uh, no matter how uh, a nation comes down and, and dumbs itself down to whatever mere men think, uh, God's ways are the best. They're always the best way to follow. Amen. And when we follow him, we get those great results. Amen. So I encourage you, look at these scriptures, study over them, read over them, and let the Lord talk to you about uh, marriage and, and your mate and your children. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for tonight. I pray for marriages uh, from, for everyone that's listening through live stream or here in the church. And I ask you, Lord, to help strengthen marriages, to help strengthen parents, um, and children and grandchildren blessings upon all of these families Lord and uh, we just are reminded of how you love um, uh, husbands and wives and how you love the family unit and so we do lift it all up to you and we thank you Lord that you're blessing and helping and strengthening tonight in Jesus name amen amen